Guy. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. She's made her move already on Echo Point. Echo Point goes up the Birdsville Cup winner, takes the lead. Puts about two lengths on, no innuendo. Falave battling on well. Surprise selection back along the rails. Hasn't really moved on Echo Point. Now she gives the uh, Birdsville Cup winner one around the rump. Race is clear. Echo Point, outstanding. Takes the tree of knowledge by seven lengths on Falave. A nice run. First start for the stable, no innuendo. Yes, Echo Point winning the Tree of Knowledge Outback Racing Showcase heat at Barcaldon on Saturday with full tap and sky coverage. Wonderful to see Outback Racing Showcase to the world once more as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. News out of that Barky program from Saturday. We'll also tell you about Evoca's win in the Chinchilla Cup. At Mount Isa on Saturday, it was Loudenough's third Berkshire Cup victory. We'll talk all about the uh, Mount Garnet Amateurs on Friday and Saturday and also look back at what happened at Thangool on the weekend. Plus plenty of other news as we roll through Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab. Rounding up all of the country news with us as always is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony, and uh, good morning to our listeners. And the first point you said, Tony, showcasing Outback Country Racing. Well, the grass track and the Outback. How about that after about 160 mils of rain on the Monday, Tuesday? That track went from a soft six to a soft five after race three, Tony. It was absolutely fantastic uh, condition, the uh, Bark Alden track on Saturday. Amazing, isn't it? Uh, I was saying it Saturday morning when I uh, happened to be uh, filling in a little bit of uh, select racing. It, a lot of people should have tuned in to have a bit of a look at that because if you said to them, there's this grass track out in the middle of the scrub <laughs> out of Park Golden, they'd be thinking, hang on, isn't that area been in drought for the last however many years? You look at that track, it, you just wouldn't think that it's situated where it is. And the fact that I think it's got that sand basis to it uh, allowed it, the drainage factors, uh, just brilliant with it. You know, that's a lot of rain. And it was only, um, you know, they only had basically uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, Friday drying weather. Uh, but it, it didn't stop that outstanding win by Echo Point. We all know about this horse winning the 2021 Birdsville Cup held in April, of course, just recently and ridden by Brooke Richardson. Uh, and in fact, he's had four starts for Todd Austin. And that's the first time I've seen the horse in action. And uh, look, Brooke had a comfortable ride throughout and he's kept his record intact. Four from four for Todd. He's a Sebring four-year-old. And look, the options remain so wide now for the ownership group. But what a story about Echo Point. Uh, a wide range of owners, including the Hands and Heels group, uh, Carid Power uh, managing that little group that's part ownership. Of course, the Austin uh, camp involved and uh, Willie Chandler and Marcel Chandler, just to name a few. But importantly, Tony, there's even first-time owners in this. In fact, without saying any names, one first-time owner had to uh, race from Longreach to Bark Alden to get there on time to watch the race, but unfortunately picked up a pretty good speeding fine oh, no. along the way. Oh, no. So not mentioning any names there, but uh, at least the, uh, the police officer will listen to the story, and I think um, one less demerit point might have been involved. But what a first horse to get involved in, Echo Point. And uh, really, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes because there's options that lead to the Outback Showcase uh, series that this was the opening heat of. Uh, there's options, of course, of provincial cups. There's options of the country cups down the track. Let's just hope we've been blessed a little bit in the Central West uh, in recent times uh, with gallopers such as Sicilating, Valenti, 
and now Echo Point is filling the void. But Youngbrook, Richards and Tony riding magnificently. Confidence is sky high. And uh, that flowed on from the Birdsville Cup. And then as well on Saturday with the seven-event program, they ran the Longreach RSL Diggers Cup Open Handicap, which was great cooperation between the clubs and racing Queensland. And she produced a pearler of a ride on Kettleston to just outgun stablemate uh, Star of O'Reilly, ridden by, Mick, ridden by Rick McMahon, 66 kilos it carried, and it was game. But Kettleston, and here's part owner Josh Fleming in this one, uh, Gary Peoples as well, uh, two wins in a second from its last three, and it was a dominant performance, and she just timed the run to perfection to uh, nail Star of O'Reilly, a game Star of O'Reilly, on the line by probably about a neck, I think it was in the end. But, geez, confidence does you the world of good, and um, and Brooke is riding in exceptional form and produced two gun rides there. Rick McMahon wasn't outdone, though, Tony. He started off with a double for the day. Um, firstly, was stays on tour for Wayne Baker. I think this is pretty well named, Tony. It's by Zab Express, but listen to the dam's name. Mm. A little naughty. <laughs> I think we all know the phrase, don't we? Oh, yes. What goes on tour stays on tour. That's very good. Um, and I think that's a clever name. Second run for the stable, placed at uh, Roma at its last start. Uh, there was a lovely musical theme that you'll appreciate in the second and third. Stepping Stone will remind you of your monkey's days with Shane Iverson and Brooke Richardson, and then Love Over Gold for your dire straight days for Patrick O'Toole and David Simmons. Thank goodness they didn't win. I could have broken into song. <laughs> but um, stays on tour, a good winner there. But then Rick combined with uh, Helsey and House. Now, Hands and Heels that are co-owners with Echo Point, uh, they produce this one first up with the Carolyn family and Pammy Carolyn. She's one of the luckiest owners I know in the Central West and particularly with horses having their first race for the stable. And this knocked off uh, Maurice Press, the odds-on favourite. A little bit wayward, Maurice Press, and maybe the distance a little bit short and Helsey and House just too strong. Uh, the Husson five-year-old, good first-up run uh, for the stable and congratulations to those owners. And Richard Simpson's sole heir, a very impressive first-up run. Now, Bark Calden really dominated the meeting because Tony Schofield's team is firing at the moment and she had a double and almost a treble. So impressive, Jason Misson stepping out to 1,600 for the first time and the 0 to 55. Enjoyed it immensely, one by 3.25 over Zabcan and Portobello. And this Magnus four-year-old had come off a win at Augustella last start in impressive form. And then they produced... Cosy Cancan in the Class 6 plate and Robbie Farr, another jockey riding a winner every meeting of late. Uh, this one had its third run back, the Canford Cliff six-year-old, and he usually loves 1,400, but I think the track conditions just helped him on the weekend. It's just sat behind the pace, produced at the right time and um, got up over Louis the Legend and Wicked Wench. Uh, and then in the final event on the program, they went within a, uh, a short head of uh, winning the benchmark 50 when Grand Palazzo, which won its maiden at its last start, rocketed home. But Rosaire for Nikki Seymour, riding uh, out of Mackay. Tracy Simmons is her master, and she's back after a couple of years' absence. Nikki, it was good to see her get this win. Led all the way on Rosaire, a four-year-old mare by Olympic Glory that won at Blackhall two starts ago and has had two wins in a second as last third. But follow Grand Palazzo. Uh, very impressive stepping up from a 1,000-metre maiden winner into a 1,300-metres benchmark 50 and by all too hard, you would expect um, that it will uh, continue to produce the goods. And I think I've covered all seven races, but really featured on the day um, the Toddy Austin stable with a treble, which, by the way, puts Todd now in the lead in the Queensland Country Australia 
Trainers Premiership, 40 over 39 for Tanya Parry. Rick McMahon, a double, puts him in the front, 36 over 30 for Jeff Felix. And Brooke Richardson with her double on 29. Uh, such a great meeting and great to see it uh, go ahead. And what a fantastic crowd there, over 300 for the Pat Ogden Day of the Pat Ogden Tree of Knowledge uh, Outback Racing Showcase heat to open that series, Tony. The other heat in the series that was raced on Saturday, Rob, was at Mount Isa. This was the Gregory Downs Jockey Club meeting that was transferred. And we'll talk about the Berkshire Cup Open coming up soon uh, when we have a look at the Mount Isa results. But that's the first two heats out of the way. The next heat of that Outback Racing Showcase series is going to take us to Hewenden with a 1,400-metre open on the 14th of May. The following week, we're at Aramac for another 1,400-metre open on May 21. Then the Tambo Cup on May 28. And the last two legs will be at Mount Isa and Longreach, both coming up on the 4th of June. Talk more about uh, that uh, series, as I said, when we get to the Mount Isa results. But we also had another series that we need to talk about on the weekend. And it was the uh, the first leg of the uh, Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial Far North Queensland Up-and-Coming Stayers Point Series. I said the first leg. It was actually the second leg because the first leg was on last week while I wasn't here with honestly uh, racing uh, over Easter. Uh, Mount Garnet was uh, the big two-day carnival on Friday and Saturday and this was the second leg of the Rob Kosh Memorial Far North Queensland up-and-coming stayers. They come down the hill to the home corner. They got about four to go and Love Flies took over and went to the lead coming to the corner in second placing now is Coastal Prince running on, light him up Jerry Zach behind them and they were followed by Craig Lee Simo getting a split Amanda Thompson, she's got a beautiful run through Love flies in front coming at them Craig Lee Simo Love flies in front, Craig Lee Simo Super Rose starting to come from the rear Craig Lee Simo, Love flies on the inside, Craig Lee Simo has got up, Craig Lee Simo beat Love flies in a photo third maybe Super from up, Jerry. Yes, it was uh, Craig Lee Simo for Amanda Thompson and Trevor Rowe taking out that leg at Mount Garner on Friday. Rob and Amanda out in front and making it a real uh, true staying test. And I think that was what uh, Rob Kosh always had in mind with this series, was really testing some of these staying horses because at the time when the, uh, the series was first uh, put around, uh, there just wasn't a series of staying races and those sort of horses didn't have anything to aim at. And I think that in Rob's memory, it's wonderful that this series is continuing on. It's proven itself over and over, and it's here to stay. And uh, and what great news for the Trevor Rowe team, and none better to tell us about it this morning than Peter Rowe. Welcome back to uh, Bushbeat, Peter, and a big effort by your dad because this was second up, Craig Lee Simo, the seven-year-old Royal Harlequin, and he's he's uh, he's been a good campaigner for the uh, for the team. Congratulations. Yeah, morning, Rob. Morning, Tony. It was a it was a good win. He um he's a funny old horse. He's got his little traits that we've grown to know and, and you know we, when you get a horse from Stan and Crystal they are 100% honest with us and Crystal told me when we first got him well close maybe 12 months ago now that he, he was an old horse but he had a few tricks up his sleeve and true to her word he does but he seems to be loving the north he hasn't been out of the top four in, in 10 starts for us and it was a really good win a good ride but um yeah stepping up from the 1200 to the 1680 second up it, we, we had our, our doubts but the further he goes I think the better he'll get this prep yeah, he seems to have come back in good form. But, Pete, there's something about Queensland country racing and, and the uniqueness of it. And two-day race meetings, I'm pretty sure we're one of the few states that have this uh, feature. You know, you've got your Twin Hills, you've got your Ewan, 
Uh, you've got Birdsville, of course, and there's been other clubs that have done it in the past, like Junder out in our area. But this particular Mount Garnet uh, meeting really is an attraction uh, to people. Just tell our listeners again the location and what is it about Mount Garnet that just draws the crowd? Yeah, it's about oh, probably close to 200k southwest of Cairns, and um, it's not just the races, it's a, it's a three-day weekend. You've got races Friday, Saturday, rodeo Sunday. Um, it's the biggest crowd I've ever seen there this year. They normally get like a, a decent crowd Friday and then people roll in Saturday, but this is the first time I've ever heard them close the gates on a Friday night to the public. Um, unless you were pre-booked, you couldn't get in. It was that busy. Um, and I suppose post-COVID, anyone uses any excuse they can to get to uh, something like this and um, it's getting bigger and bigger at Garnet. You've got, you know, it's a two-day up this way in Oak Park coming up in July. They're our two biggest two-day carnivals um, in the far north. But it was it was fantastic. The crowd was amazing. The, the club, they did the best they can. There was a few things that, you know, people have criticised them about, which they'll improve on for next year. But I don't think they were expecting the crowd they got. So for considering... What they what they had and, and what they had planned for, um, oh, it was it was a great weekend and, and the racing was super. Like the track raced fantastic. A bit of rain on Friday night. Um, it was yeah, it was it was a great weekend. Yeah, the vision coming across uh, looks great as well. Um, and of course, you know the results which we're going to look at. Bonnie Thompson, I believe, getting the jockey of the two days and Johnny Manselman. I'm going to have to ask you to leave Milky Rocket to the end of the report because there's a bit of detail to give there, Pete, and I'll be uh, <laughs> probably chastised if I don't get it right. Um, but uh, it was an emotional story. We'll leave that one to the end. But uh, but take us through the highlights that you saw. And it's so good to see Bonnie Thompson back in the saddle and, and getting that result. And, of course, we know Johnny Mansman supports this uh, particular meeting every year. Uh, and he picked up some good wins with the cutest money as well. Yeah, it was. It was a, there was things all around all weekend that were that stood out, like um, the the first race of the carnival. Pardon me, <clears throat> Michael McClellan and Kelly McClellan don't whisper with Bonnie. They kicked off Bonnie's weekend. Uh, Kelly's father, Kev's, been a part of Mount Garnet from from day one, and you know the whole the whole camp was there cheering. Don't whisper on, and it won pretty pretty convincingly. Then you got the likes of Ricky Ludwig. He took two horses for the weekend, picked up a winner Friday and a winner Saturday. Um, whenever there's, his horses are going around at the bush, you, you just got to back them. And I might say, I reckon the ride of the, the weekend was Frankie Edwards on Magnate. Never went around a horse. It was last on the turn. Just got a dream run up the fence and it was too good. Um, as you said, we'll get to Milky Rocket later on because it was, it was fantastic. Then you've got Nathan Day going to Mount Garnet. You, who would have thought he'd go there? But he got a winner for Steve Massingham, one of his biggest supporters. And, you know, I was with Grubby on Friday night. He is... He's a character. Like he, he made the weekend. He had an absolute ball, and you know, like it was, it was fun. Then you had Johnny Mansman get another winner with Lacey Morrison. You know, when they combine, you've, you've got to, you've got to make sure you've got a bit of money on them. And Mashani Dreamer started short price in what was a small field, but it was way too good for them in the maiden. And then yeah, you rammed out with Craigley Simo, um, the first of a, a Craigley double, I suppose, for the weekend because Stan and Crystal had Craigley Arion first up down at Fangul, and he got the money as well. So the two old stalwarts from the Craig Lee team were, were winning in all over the state. Yeah, just, just magnate. Ricky Ludwig, you mentioned that with Frankie Edwards, and I know you'll be talking about sneaky truths shortly, but 
uh, Ricky seems to have this real knack of picking out one of the, getting these horses and getting them in form. This written tycoon, he's been in the money the last four, uh, and again a very strong winner by five lengths on the day. Yeah, he does. He only has a small team, Rick, but when they're in, you know, they're in there to win, and it, as I said, never went around the horse. It was fifty to one at the eight hundred. You thought, you know, it, it, over twelve hundred first up, it won't run these guys down, especially when Mashani Rebel took off around them. I thought, oh well, Jade's going to get her first winner for the weekend, but Magnate, as I said, never went around the horse. Cranky just drove it up the fence, and it, it it won by five lengths, being eased up. It wasn't just winning by five lengths; it could have won by a lot further. And I think it'll be in for a big prep. It. I don't know if it'll get to the stretches that we've seen Tycoon and Thunder get to with Ricky, but I definitely think he's in for a fun preparation with Magnate. Yeah, and uh, going out of sequence a little bit on your results for Saturday, but sneaky truth with Frankie Edwards, right? This spill the beans and they're winning everywhere across the state, but great form, three wins, two placings, his last five to take the Class B as an odds-on favourite. Well, you don't like seeing odds-on favourites go down in a nail, but I'll go down to a nail-biter. And to be fair, I think three-quarters of the crowd thought captivated and held on, myself included. I thought, yep, it had held on on the fence, but... Um, Sneaky Truzo was, knows where the winning post is and got its head down. And as I said, Rick, Rick Allen took two horses there for the weekend, one each day, and they both won. So I think it was a successful weekend for himself and um, Frankie. So that, they were all smiles on Saturday. And on Saturday, the results continued to uh, flow for Bonnie. It's been a unique thing in itself, isn't it? She opened the program on Friday. She did the same thing on Saturday. Yeah, and no other horse deserved to win more than Sunny Excels. Liana and Mark, they travel everywhere with their horses and um, he's been knocking on the door. He's had nine placings from his 21 starts and he finally broke through um, it, and, and broke through convincingly like it should. Like He, he was $2.80 favourite and won by nearly six lengths. Um, there was a couple of nice runs in that. Old-time rock and roll having its first start in the north, it was it was a good run. My little filly, Whispering Moss, she was not on her best behaviour out of the gates and was tailed off and made up a, a lot of ground. So there was, I think of all the maidens on the weekend, I reckon that probably will be the one where the form comes out of. And young apprentice, Kelsey Lenton, of course, uh, apprentice to Georgie Holt. Well, that's her first double, I think, too, Pete, on the Saturday. And, of course, one came for Georgie and the other for uh, Charlie Hoffman. Yeah, she did a really good job, Kelsey. I think that's her third, maybe fourth meeting. And she's already ridden four winners. So Cupid's son, it was a really good ride. Sat off the speed right behind the leaders and um, had to find out a tough finish. And, you know, when you when you have a four-kilo claimer on, often in close finishes, some of the stronger riders get up. But not this case. Uh, Kelsey won on Cupid's son by 0.3 of a length against Bonnie Thompson, who's one of the most experienced riders we've got up here. And then she backed it up with... Um, Nora and I, I reckon Sean Flanagan would have been pretty happy with that. Nora, she's a known non-winner. She's got any amount of ability, but she always puts her head up and sets her down on the post. But in, in this case, um, Kels rides a lot of her work and, and the four kilos off most definitely helped and brought up a double. And I know she was pretty excited because she's a rodeo girl originally, Kelsey, and all her friends and family were there. And, um, yeah, winning double on the Saturday definitely put a smile on her face. Um, she put a lot of pressure on herself Friday and definitely come out Saturday and made up for it and... Um, Nora started three dollar favourite. There were a few people that stuck true to her, and it was good to see her finally finally get a win up. And Steve Wilson also a double for the day on the Saturday, including the feature race on the program, the Norwell Australia Mount Garnet Cashmere Cup. Yeah, and it was a really good win. Like Alex Malif and Kelly Buckingham, they are probably they epitomise country racing up here. They go to Ironsley, they go to Laura, they go everywhere. Alex is on the committee at Mariba. Kel rides, work, and breaks horses in. 
and they definitely deserved that. It was a really good ride by Steve. It was a chopping and changing kind of affair for a cup. There was no real speed on, and Steve took the ball by the horns and took off just before the turn on Love on Sunday, which is done a couple of times down in Townsville, and it held off Gaelic, who was last year's Atherton Cup winner. It was making up good ground late, and Bernice Tiger, who we all know how, how good Bernice Tiger is on its day. So I think Love on Sunday's got a bright future ahead of it, and yeah, it's still not gone through the grades as of yet, so I think there'll be plenty of more wins in store for it. Here's how Bluey Forsyth saw the uh, Mount Garner Cup on Saturday. Into the straight, they come love on Sunday. Gallic Poetic attacks. Born succeed on the inside. Bernie's Tiger starting to storm on down the outside. Gallic went to the lead. In the inside, love on Sunday. Trying hard. Love on Sunday. Bernie's Tiger can't pick it up. Poetic attacks late. It's love on Sunday. Love on Sunday's won it from Gallic. As we've often said, Rob, it's wonderful to be able to uh, hear the crowds. I, I know it's very different when you're watching some of these replays through the Racing Queensland and on the Bit Racing Australia service when it comes through on the weekends and then catch the replays on their YouTube channel. But just listening back to it on radio, and Pete, you were saying about uh, the big crowd that were there for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three-day festival. It's just wonderful to hear those crowds back at the tracks cheering. Absolutely, and, and looking at the results, you would have seen there were plenty of close finishes and just hearing the crowd erupt when, you know, their horse that they've had a dollar on or a couple of dollars on got the, the bob because all the horses were back out the front of the parade and, like, it, it was, it, it really is exciting. It, you know, you see your, your midweek tabs with, you know, 50 or 100 people there and then you go to Mount Garnet and see that they had the gates closed before the races even started on the, on the Saturday and, you know, the crowds were massive and everyone... Well, most people were on their best behaviour. There was a few little incidents here and there, but um, it was fantastic, and that really is what country racing's about. Uh, Steve Rawson's other winner came with Nazy Air, and to wrap up uh, Saturday as well, Pete, uh, Witterick, a horse that probably around that 1350, 1400, it really enjoys Janelle Ryan and Wanderson de Villa uh, getting up with the win in the benchmark 65. Yeah, uh, Steve started off, as I said, Nays there. Uh, Apple Ryan is the king of the bush. He he loves his bush racing, based in Georgetown. He's only trainer up there, and it was a, it was a good win. And um, Wittrick, he's just he loves the country racing. He won the Lindhurst Shield of Oak Park last year. He won at Gordon Vale. He, he loves going to the bush, and he was only second up, and you know had to lump sixty one and a half kilos, and it wasn't it wasn't a bad field. He um he beat, and he did it he did it quite convincingly. Todd Wick got home well, and Coastal Boy took the blinkers off and he decided he wanted to get back instead of lead and he, he ran home really well and own sweet way was a really good run as well coming from the back so it was a great day of racing on Sunday Now Pete, the emotion that was there for the story of Milky Rocket you can understand it when you know the background story for Johnny Manselman, but particularly for Jay Doolan. Uh, they ventured into buying uh, the, the stallion Rocket of Gold or he was a cult, he was nicknamed Brandy um, they reversed the process. He went to stud. They put two mares to him. Then he came back and they gelded him uh, because he raced. He became the first not, uh, first um, thoroughbred Palomino, registered thoroughbred Palomino to win races. He won a cutis at Springshaw. Now he sighted his first winner in Milky Rocket. And I think we've all followed the story with Jay Doolan on uh, social media. But please take us through the emotions and just what it meant to her on the day with the win of Milky Rocket. He's been to Birdsville. He ran second. He ran fourth at Rocky. He's had seven minor placings out of 21. He's won 40000 with cutest prize money. It would have been such a special occasion. Yeah, it was. It was a really good race too. Like A lot of people 
wrote him off because he's coloured and, and you know as well as I do coloured horses are add a bit of fun to racing but a lot of people think they shouldn't be there and they're a waste of time but um, it was fantastic they went past the post and it was a heads up heads down Jade was confident she got it she let out the biggest scream possible past the post and her and Johnny have bred this fella and, and I can assure you they have copped a lot of flack and you know a lot of naysayers and said it'll never happen and here she is not only was she there the day it was born she she won her first race his first race on him and it was fantastic and what made it even more special Mount Garnet's um a home away for home for Jade and it was just I think it was the day before seven years since her dad George passed away and I remember when we were kids Jade and George would pack up and they'd go to Garnet for the week when it was grass-fed days and that made it even more special it was it was a bit of a shame Viv wasn't there to watch but um Johnny had a smile from ear to ear and I don't think Jade stopped smiling and hugging the horse since, since he crossed the post, but it, it was fantastic to watch and and I just say good on them because I I know as well as they do I've got my paint and she's got a Palominos and people just throw stones and think it's a waste of time, but it might only be a maiden at Mount Garnet, but it was probably one of Jade's most special wins. I think the horse has got ability, quite honestly. He comes from a good uh, broodmare in Zin Zelda, and uh, look the. Everyone has an approach to racing and, and um, they've gone off on a different tangent. And look, the off-the-track thoroughbred approach is benefited by the, the sire now being a, a top show jumper. Um, and uh, that's Rocket of Gold, I mean. And uh, Milky Rocket, I mean, he is starting to prove himself. I, I think even Michael Charge is putting him in the tip sometimes. Uh, he's that game in his runs. And we've all been waiting for this maiden win. So congratulations to you, particularly Jade and uh, and Johnny Mansman. It was a special occasion. It was, most definitely. And as you said, he ran second at Birdsville. I think it was a benchmark 55 or a benchmark 60, mm. and he's been knocking on the door. So it was no surprise to see him win, and... It, uh, I think there's definitely more in store and I think you'll find not only have they got a Palomino but they might have a little paint stepping out sometime soon as well which will be good to see <laughs> Inside information, good to hear Pete and great to have you back on Bush Beat one of these unique race meetings you've covered this morning in uh, uh, Mount Garnet uh, a really top weekend uh, thank you again Too easy guys and have a good week you too, Pete. Peter Rowe there looking back at the two-day carnival there on Friday and Saturday at Mount Garnet. And Rob, that was the second leg, as I mentioned, in that uh, up-and-coming stay series. We started with, uh, honestly, on Easter Saturday. Light em up, Jerry defeated Love Flies and Significant Rule that day for uh, Stephen Wilson, Pietro Romeo and Bonnie Thompson, respectively. And then we add into it Mount Garnet, Craig Lee Simo, Love Flies and Super Rose for Amanda Thompson, Frankie Edwards this time and Pietro Romeo. And that means that uh, Kristen Allender, the uh, trainer of Love Flies, heads the trainer's tally. They get three for a win, two for second, one for a third in this points tally. And uh, Kristen's now leading the trainer's title with those two second placings for Love Flies. Love Flies then on four points, with Kristen on four points. And then uh, we've got uh, jockey Stephen Wilson, Amanda Thompson and Pietro Romeo on three points apiece. So we're only in the early stages. We've got plenty of legs to come through in this series before we head to Gordonvale on uh, May 7 this weekend. May 21 at Innisfail, May 29 at Cairns. June uh, 18 will be Atherton. July uh, 2nd will be Oak Park. And then the uh, the last leg is uh, going to be at Cairns. We're just going to work out a date on that coming up in July once we get the calendar sorted out there. There won't actually be a final as such for this, but there is an owner, trainer and jockey bonus based on those 3-2-1 points allocated and some nice uh, cash bonuses to come at the end of that Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial Far North Queensland up-and-coming stayer series. All I know is I'm glad you're in charge of the keeper of the series because the Battle of the Bush kicks off this weekend as well. <laughs> but... 
Pete, Peter Ray mentioned uh, the Craig Lee horses, uh, Tony, and uh, just looking at the remaining races we're covering there, and I announced that uh, uh, Crystal Johnson got a, got engaged. Uh, her and Nathan have finally done it, and I think he's a pretty good strapper. Every time he goes to the races, they seem to get a win, so uh, you got a good strapper there, Crystal. Um, but he mentioned Craig Lee Arian, and this was a race at Thangool, which was the Thangool Cup September 10th Open Handicap over 1,300. Because remember, this horse won the Thangool Cup last September. And what a great win it produced on the weekend. They run in the direction of the corner. Eric Cobra, the leader, but he's there under sufferance. A Mountie Bay to the outside, starting his run. Craigley Arion back in the centre. The leader, Eric Cobra. Craigley Arion through in the centre. He dashed up. He grabbed the front. He strode away from them, the cup winner of last year, and he's too good. Craigley Arion wins by a length and a half to two. Second home, Eric Cobra, who boxed on well. Then a Mountie Bay, who was disappointing in the run of the line from Walshy to Raki and one of the last runners to get home you'll find would have been Springthorpe. It's uh, still nice to hear even a little bit of cheering in the background there, Rob. Not as loud as they were at Mount Garner, but still nice to hear crowds at the racetracks as they were at Thangool on Saturday. And they may see a repeat winner. You never know of Craig Learion when the September Thangool Cup comes around because it was first up since December, the Warhead, uh, now a six-year-old, and a track record outstanding. Four wins in a second from five starts. And uh, Hannah Richardson uh, making the effort. She's got a good combination game with Crystal Johnson and maintained it there at Thangool on the weekend. And, Tony, I'm going to ask you to check something about Sarah Robbins because I didn't check something about her results and how many winners she had uh, because on the day in race three she got a win but prior to that Tasha Chambers had the double and Tasha's um, been back I think since about January good double for her she commenced with Jason Devine on Global Venture won here its last uh, run in February uh, again a record of five wins in a second from seven at the track for the Whittington defeated Fudgenet and Von Saga and then she backed up with Fight and the Dog for Rodney Hay. Uh, Tasha Chambers riding that winner by Frosted, second at its last two runs, defeated Kewick and Breaker. Breaker. So really good to see um, that she is back in form. And, of course, it was a day where the, the ladies dominated and took the whole program because Sarah Robbins, as a four-kilo apprentice, rode the So You Think six-year-old Phoenix Flyer for Graham Green. First stable, a uh, first run for the stable, ex-New South Wales country defeating Aussie Tycoon and Bold Zip. And Tony, is Sarah, how many winners is she showing up so far? Well, I was trying to do a little research on uh, on the weekend on Sarah and she's only been back riding since uh, Saturday before last, back on the 23rd of April, picking up a couple of rides at Yapoon that day, then rode at Cunnamulla on Anzac Day and then Thangool on Saturday. And that was actually Sarah's first winner since riding at Woolamai back on the 20th of February in 2016. So it's been like six and a bit years between drinks for Sarah. Um, not sure if it's the same Sarah Robbins that was training at Alice Springs for a little while. I haven't been able to ascertain that, and I can't find Sarah's details in to see wh who she's apprenticed to at the moment. So there's some more homework to be done on uh, Miss Sarah. Or I'm sure we'll get some information from uh, a loyal listener. You never know down the track. But good on you, Sarah. A good win there on Phoenix Fly. And a very promising horse that Nick Walsh has in Dark Archer, owned by Ray Herman in Winton. Uh, this one won and placed at Rocky its last two. Talia Fenlon continuing in great form, won over Marto and Bethlen, uh, Sethlin's into third place in the cutest benchmark 60 and took the cutest money for the uh, Golden Archer five-year-old gelding. So, yeah, uh, Craig Learian, keep an eye out.
out. He'll be aiming for that cup again on one of his favourite tracks. But there were two other meetings on the weekend, and you mentioned um, this is the Gregory Downs meeting out of Mount Isa and the uh, Berkshire Cup Outback Racing Showcase heat, the second of the heats, with a strong win to Loud Enough. In fact, his third Burke Cup. They go to the 400 now, starting to bunch up as they come towards the turn. Still in front there is Rebel Salute. Now going past him is loud enough. There's Level 8 and also Fabra, the four of them. The charge of the Light Brigade, here they come. Loud enough's out in front, then Level 8 and Fabra. And still on the inside there is Rebel Salute, but out in front it is loud enough trying. Fabra coming at him, loud enough in front. Fabra still coming, but loud enough gets home. Loud enough gets home, flashing on the outside. Yeah, three Berkshire Cups in a row is a pretty fair effort, even having to uh, relocate the meeting there from uh, Gregory Downs to Mount Isa on the weekend, Rob. Yeah, another one that loves the track at Mount Isa. Six wins, eight minor placings from 16 starts. Uh, a particular favourite surface for Loud Enough. Congratulations to Stephen Royce and Shay Nilsson getting the winner there. And, of course, the other winners of the day, Dan Ballard kicking home Forgotten Bow for... Uh, Damien Finter over Latin Days and uh, Wicked Willie, another golden archer. And another Spill the Beans got up with the cutest money for Tanya Parry and Riverside Blues. Jeffrey Felix continuing in that winning form uh, over two other Tanya Parry. Runners all picking up cutest money. That's a dream and Isis Turbo. And then Denise and Keith Ballard combined with Teddy Mercury. Won three of its four runs for the stable. Second up, uh, won its last two starts, the Toronado, winning over full of fire and flash ombre. And Tenya Parry, of course, a double for the day. And she just sits behind Toddy Austin now in the Premiership uh, with Injustice winning over Liz Delight. And this one ridden by Keith Ballard, Injustice. And Hope is always into third place. And then Damien Finter, uh, getting a bookend of the program because Deadly Diva placed here at its last run in Mount Isa, the Doomsday four-year-old winning over Miss Flawless for Dan Ballard. So Dan also getting the double on the day and bookending the program. And our final meeting to cover this morning, of course, featured the Chinchilla Cup out of Chinchilla. Open handicap over 1,400 and a big win to Avoca, Tony. The speed goes on at the 400 metre mark and the leader here is still Avoca but has to absorb pressure from Arthur in charge. Cappuccino and the Irons get going. Hassan, Shout and Grey Falcon probably too far back to win. Avoca's let slip here at the 250. Out after it on the outside. There's the Irons who's starting to box on and getting warm right down the outside. Here is Arthur in charge. Arthur in charge and Avoca are going to fight out the Chinchilla Cup. Avoca lifts the inside of Oka. Avoca wins from Arthur in charge who threw everything at him. The Irons up for third. Cappuccino a little bit disappointing. Then came behind them. was Hustle The Pro Crew Chinchilla Cup on Saturday taken out by Isabella Tay and Amanda Park with Avoca beating Arthur in charge in the Irons. A stable in form, Amanda Park, and a horse in form. Two wins, three placings, its last five, and also doubles on the day. Hannah Phillips riding for Glenn Richardson with Red Gadget, a three-year-old filly by Defcon, taking the uh, maiden plate as well. Hannah rode for Patrick Sexton on Raku Secret, a spirit of boom mare that's had two wins and three placings, its last five, uh, winning the benchmark 50 over Matilda Jean and Easy Come. Uh, Billy Rose Andrew, it was almost a treble for her on the day. Uh, she won firstly with uh, Brenton, in fact, a double for the husband and wife team. Kingstar Amber won at Flint in its last run, took the benchmark 60, and they took home the cutest money with our Irish Emperor, Holy Roman Emperor, that's had two runs for the stable, defeating Grinziger Hulk and uh, Blazing Ferry. Isabella Tay, we mentioned, with uh, the win on Avoca. 
And uh, did I miss one? I think I might have. No, I think I've covered them all um, with the results there that came with Hannah Phillips, Billy Rose, Andrew and Brenton Andrew scoring doubles on the day. One other I just wanted to mention quickly, Kilcoy on Sunday. The Autumn Cup was taken out by Brian Ish, uh, written by Isabella oh. Rab-Jones for Matt Crop, And this was off the back of seven days earlier winning the Dolby Amateurs Cup. And then you wind the clock back to uh, running fourth in the Flinton Cup, fourth in the Roma Picnic uh, Ladies Bracelets. Definitely a horse in form. And I wouldn't be surprised if connections are eyeing off something a little bit later in the year, like a Country Cup's challenge run for Brynick as well. And how much do you want to bet that part owner Rob Picking is following it around and having a great time cheering home the winners, Tony? Oh, very much so. We mentioned the Outback Racing Showcase heats. Bar Calden and Mount Isa on the weekend. Because it's only uh, the first two heats, uh, we don't really have any standout leaders. But with multiple runners at each venue, Todd Austin and Stephen Roy's uh, share the trainer's tally at the moment, 16 points apiece. Shane Nielsen and Brooke Richardson as winners are 10-point leaders at the moment. And Echo Point and Loud Enough are 10-point leaders out of that Outback Racing Showcase heat. And you mentioned before that the uh, the 2022 Battle of the Bush Series kicks off this weekend. Rob, we're off to Burren Down, Longreach and Mount Isa on Saturday. Uh, with uh, those, uh, the uh, the first three leagues that are going to be coming through, along with uh, racing this coming weekend, Gundawindi, Gordon Vale, and uh, the Oakley Picnics are racing on uh, Friday and Saturday. So, going to be another busy week on the way. Yeah, Carinha uh, racing coming up with the picnics there, but also the Quilpie Diggers have the Battle of the Bush coming up. And uh, Tony, a little bit of news about Quilpie coming our way this morning with uh, Paul Dolan coming on board. And sorry, we're running late, Paul, but uh, what's your news coming out of Quilpie this morning? Uh, morning, Rob, Tony, and everybody. Well, Quilpie uh, is about uh, about 1,100 kilometres west of Brisbane and uh, the last port of call before you get on the dirt road to go out to Birdsville. So it's a, it's a long way out. And the, for as long as anybody could remember, they have one race meeting a year, uh, which was to be last Saturday, but unfortunately got washed out. 20 mils of rain on Thursday morning on the red dirt track. It, uh, it just was unable to, uh, to, to dry out. So they lost their one and only meeting. However, uh, turned into a bit of a saga... Charleville, which is 210 kilometres east of Quilpie, that track's closed for reconstruction and there's been a few problems along the way and it won't be available till probably springtime, say September. So uh, the Charleville meeting set down for Saturday week has been transferred to Quilpie. So Quilpie will have another go and it will incorporate the, the Charleville uh, at Quilpie um, Battle of the Bush round. Yeah, they've done this one other time, I think, Paul. They had the vision coming from one track to the other between those two clubs going Correct. back Correct, yeah, a they, they, they ran them at Charleville, you're right, and they, they beamed them out to out to Quilpie. But anyway, Quilpie had a five-race card, including their cup set down for last Saturday, washed out. Two races have been added to the uh, meeting on Saturday week, and the prize money for the cup has gone up to 15000 from 10000 and the Battle of the Bush race has been added. Uh, it, it basically replaces the Quilpie Newmarket, so... You've got a $10,000 Battle of the Bush, a $15,000 Quilpie Cup. Uh, that's over 1586 and then five other races as well. The prize money's gone from 45000 up to 67500 for the meeting. So, fingers crossed, they can run Charleville at Quilpie on Saturday week. And another good thing, Paul, just to, to wrap that up, is that the uh, I think it's the same weekend, yes, it is, that uh, Longreach races on the Sunday. So, jockeys and you know trainers nominating... Uh, for these race days, they're going to be a surplus, one would hope, because there's the ability for jockeys to go to Quilpie, come to Longreach and, uh, and and spread the numbers around. It's funny you'd mentioned that, Rob. But Sam Bartlett, who's the president out there at Quilpie, was running past me and other people the ideas that maybe Quilpie goes to a Sunday 
on the long weekend next year uh, for reason of, um, you know, it's com- convenient for trainers and, uh, and jockeys to ride somewhere on the Saturday and then Quilpie on the Sunday. So they are seriously investigating that. So it could be, you know, reverse to what you've done there at Longreach. But it, uh, as I said to Sam, there's only one way to find out if it'll work, and that's to do it. Yeah, you'll never know if you don't give it a go. And I think that's wonderful that they're starting to investigate uh, possibilities like that, like we were talking about back at Easter. They could have had an early start at Flinton, a later start at Roma, and jockeys could have travelled a couple of hours between the two. They've been doing something like that for years when they used to race uh, Rockhampton and Gladstone on Melbourne Cup Day. Gladstone would start in the morning, Rocky in the afternoon. Jockeys could travel between the two tracks. I think that's uh, that's great to hear that there's more and more clubs looking at those kind of possibilities. Yeah, well, so they, they can give it a go and uh, see what happens. But a, a long weekend, uh, any long weekend, you, you, you've got the potential to draw visitors to the town, haven't you? And uh, a Sunday just might work. Exactly right. And uh, good to hear that clubs are at least considering that, Paul. Um, no other news from you this week? Um. Well, Kilcoy, Tony mentioned briefly there. The next meeting here, I'm here at the moment actually doing a bit of uh, bit of work around the place. Um, uh, our next meeting is a tab meeting on Friday week, and then the Kilcoy Cups on Saturday the fourth of June, full tab. And uh, we're, we're quite chuffed that we've got a new race on the card, and we were tossing around a name for it, and we've come up with the Princess of Kilcoy. It'll be a cutest set weights race for two and three year old fillies over the new 1200 meter starting point. And it'll be the richest race, including the cutest, $41,500 all up. It'll be the richest race ever run at Kilcoy. So that's coming up on Saturday, the 4th of June. And there'll be a $2,000 trainer's bonus on that day for a trainer who can win either the Cup or the Princess and one other race. So uh, Saturday, the 4th of June, I'd uh, ask trainers, owners, punters, everyone, put a circle around that one and... uh, to Kilcoy. No, fantastic to hear that there's more uh, more great races, more great prize money available out there with country racing. Good on you, Paul. Thanks for the update. Thanks, guys. Talking about uh, races, Rob, just before we do go, that uh, have got plenty of money. Uh, it was uh, remiss of me before mentioning what race meetings were coming up on the weekend, not to mention, of course, the inaugural running of the Archer for the Central Queensland Amateur Racing Club at Rockhampton on Saturday. The Archer, the Fitzroy and the Rocky Amateurs Cup plus the Country Cup are all shaping up to be a fantastic day at Culligan Park on Saturday as well. Ah, uh, be a brilliant race day and good luck, Desley Forster and uh, Apache Chase. I'm sure you'll have plenty of local interest in following uh, the Apache. Um, we'll be back next week, Tony. Email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au if you've got any stories, any information or details about Sarah Robbins and her past and, and current situations. Uh, and we'll be back uh, next week uh, to report on Bushbeat. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you to Rob Luck, Paul Dolan and Peter Rowe for joining us with all of the news on the show this week. And as always, if you missed any of Bushbeat, our podcast replay available at our Wooshka site. Just Google Radio Tab Wooshka, Steve Hewlett Morning Show, and it'll take you straight to the Bushbeat page. You'll be able to catch up with the show there each and every week. Plus, we put the link out on our Twitter account. Uh, we tweet it at Radio Tab Oz. Have a great weekend of racing, and we'll catch you back next week to report on all of that here on Bushbeat.